Adult content intended for an adult audience only as this contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of this story is purely fiction and not intended for anything but the enjoyment of the listener. If you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out. Slick by King Bander Chapter 01 Parked a couple of rows back and about a dozen spaces over from my wife's car, with an unobstructed view of the front door to the Happy Life Yoga Studio. I watched her enter the building, dressed in a pair of skin-tight, pink Lululemon exercise pants and matching bare midriff top that looked more like a sports bra than an outer garment. She bounced happily, and empty-handed, as she went inside. She apparently didn't need the bag of clothes and the water bottle that she'd put in the trunk after all. I waited. It didn't take long. About five minutes after she went in, Jude, my wife of 22 years, came walking back out. She wasn't alone. He was with her. Marcel Bofels, self proclaimed yogi and head of the Happy Life Yoga Studio, walked arm in arm with my loving wife. I hated him. I'd hated him from the first moment I'd laid eyes on him. Actually, I'd probably hated him before that just from having to listen to Jude ramble on, incessantly, about how great he was. Jude held Marcel's arm with both hands and leaned her head on his shoulder. Even from this distance, I could see the smiles on their faces as they reached her car. He got in the passenger side, and Jude got in to drive. I watched her start the car and exit the parking lot, heading in the direction of the freeway. I let them get far enough ahead so that they would not see me following, then headed out after them. I didn't have to stay in sight. The GPS tracker gave me constant and accurate updates of their location. I was disappointed, but not completely surprised when Jude pulled into the parking lot of the Marriott Hotel. Well, at least if she was going to cheat on me, she was not doing it in a flea bag motel. They parked and exited the vehicle, then embraced briefly. Marcel went to kiss my wife, but she turned her head, and his lips struck her cheek. Jude looked apprehensive. I'm sure she was blushing. Marcel had my wife's hand and was leading her to the main entrance of the hotel, but Jude was not following him. She seemed to be pulling him back, hesitating. Was she having second thoughts? They stood close together, talking animatedly. Jude used her hands a lot when she was nervous. I hadn't seen her hands moving that much since she had to give a speech at the monthly PDA meeting last April. She gestured off to her right. Marcel nodded, and the two would-be lovebirds entered the attached restaurant. Instead of the hotel proper. I gave them a few minutes to get settled, then I made my way into the hotel lobby. I checked the place out, looking for all the entrances and exits, where people were working, and making a mental note of the location of security cameras. I walked down a corridor on the right side of the foyer that led past the convenience store and the business center. I hesitated when I reached the end of the hallway and the entrance to the restaurant. It stood open, with a small, unattended podium for a hostess station. Given it was three o'clock in the afternoon, the place was pretty empty, so I didn't expect to see anyone manning the checkpoint. There was a small notice tape to the front of the stand that read, Seat yourself. I looked carefully around the doorway for any signage. Nothing stood out. By law, 
If the establishment made at least 51% of its revenue from the sale of alcohol, they were required to put a sign up at every entrance stating so. There wasn't one. Out of habit, my hand patted the hard metallic object held under my sports coat. I scanned the dining room. An older gentleman was sipping on a cup of coffee, reading the sports page. A young Hispanic couple with an infant were eating burgers on the next row over. As I said, the place was pretty empty. When I reached the middle of the room, a server came out from the swinging doors that led to the kitchen, wiped her hands on her apron and approached me. Hi, just one, she asked with a painted-on smile. Actually, I replied, I'm meeting some friends for drinks. I gestured to the small lounge area by the bar. The server nodded and went to check on one of the diner's needs. I drifted towards the bar and saw them huddled close together in a booth, with their backs to me. I walked slowly to their table. As I drew closer, I could start to hear bits of their conversation. You know you want to touch it, Marcel said with his fake French accent. You know your husband does not have anything like this. Jude was sitting close to the wall with Marcel pressed to her side. He had his arm around her shoulder, and she was leaning against him. Oh my God! Jude exclaimed. I've never felt one that big before. I don't know if I'm ready to... Ready to what? I asked as I sat down next to Marcel, shoving him over to make room for me, and trapping them both inside the booth. Hey! What the fuck? Marcel blurted out as he quickly turned to see who had intruded on his seduction. I found it humorous that in his excitement, he lost his accent. When he saw me, he also lost all the color in his face, and his eyes bugged out. Jude jerked her hand from Marcel's lap and covered her mouth as she let out a small shriek. Bill! She cried out. What are you doing here? She seemed to realize her predicament then added. It's not what you think. I laughed. I wondered if you were going to say that. That's pretty funny, Jude, pretty damn funny. Unfortunately, I know what this is. Two plastic room keys were laying on the table. One in front of Marcel and the other in front of my wife was still sticking out of the little folder emblazoned with the Marriott logo. I reached across Marcel and snatched it up. Room 405. I read out loud. You guys run out of space at the studio and need to hold private classes in a hotel room? I should go, Marcel said, trying to push me out of the booth. You should sit here and shut the fuck up. I countered, pushing him back down in the seat as he had tried to force his way out. Don't make a scene. Bill, it's not as bad as it looks, I swear to you. Jude protested, desperately trying to downplay the situation. I haven't cheated on you. I picked up Marcel's matching room key and held them both up with a puzzled look on my face. You forgot the word yet, Jude. You haven't cheated on me yet. I haven't. We haven't done anything, she said, stammering. I'm sorry, Bill. I lost my head. I didn't know what I was doing. I should go. Marcel repeated, this time with a perfect Texas drawl. Shut up, shithead. I snarled under my breath. And what you were doing, Jude, was feeling up Slick's dick here, wasn't she, Slick? I don't want to get involved, Marcel said nervously. I swear he looked like he was about to cry. This is between you two. Let me go. I don't want any problems. I laughed again. It's a little late for not wanting to get involved, Slick. You didn't seem to mind getting involved with my wife so long as I didn't find out. How many other wives at your studio have you seduced, Slick? I don't know what you're talking about, Marcel said, feigning innocence. He's not like that, Bill, my loyal wife said, defending her paramour. Marcel's just a wonderful teacher. You've got the wrong idea. I shook my head. 
I almost felt sorry for my wife. Almost. Aw, Jude, did you think you were special to him? Did you think you were the only one that Slick here was trying to bang? Jude's look darkened, and she stared at me. Of course, not, I mean, I'm not special to him. He's just my yoga instructor. Just your yoga instructor? I asked while trying not to laugh. Which posture was that you were doing when I walked up? Downward facing dick? I don't think Jude could have blushed any brighter than she was at that moment. You could see her slump in defeat. She was busted, and she knew it. He lied to you, Jude. He's been banging at least a half dozen of the married women in your class. Slick here only goes for the ones who are married. He manipulated you. I don't believe you, Jude replied, her voice just above a whisper. Really? I told you this was what he was after, but you didn't want to hear it. I warned you where this infatuation of yours was going to end up. Didn't I tell you that one day, he would show his cards and try to get you into bed? Yes, but it wasn't like that. She shot back. I wasn't going to cheat on you. But you came here to fuck him. I scoffed. How were you going to do that and not cheat on me? We are still married, for a while anyway. He told me that having sex with him would make things better for you and me. She said. It was like another kind of yoga, and he was going to teach me. Then I could use the techniques with you. The look on her face told me she wasn't buying her own argument. I just shook my head condescendingly. Didn't I also tell you that he'd do everything he could to convince you that it wasn't really cheating? She nodded, on the verge of breaking down. You did, she admitted. Look, man, Marcel began, without a trace of a French accent, the fear making his voice crack. Keep the stupid bitch. I'm tired of her bullshit anyway. I've been working Jude for months, and every time I thought she was going to do it, she backed out. Just let me go, please. I'll leave her alone. I swear it. Jude seemed crushed by Marcel's words. She looked up at me as tears streamed down her face. I'm sorry, Bill. I was a fool. I didn't believe you. I swear to you, I never wanted to hurt you. Yeah, well, you did. I told her. The worst part of it all is that I knew what this douchebag was up to all along, and I tried to get you to see it. But you bought into his bullshit. She lowered her gaze and sobbed. If you don't get up right now and let me go, I'm going to call the police. Marcel declared, interrupting me, suddenly pretending to be a man. You don't get it, do you, Slick? I asked, with a smirk every bit as smarmy as the ones he'd given me in the past. I pulled my jacket open, and his eyes landed on the gold shield and the gun. I thought I smelled piss. I am the police. Chapter 02 My wife Jude and I had recently celebrated our twentieth wedding anniversary. At the time, we had one kid in college and another set to graduate high school soon. I was contemplating retirement, and Jude was bored. She had been a stay-at-home mom for the past ten years and, with the kids all but gone, she was looking for something to do with her time. It should have been an occasion for us to think about our future together. Instead, it became all about Jude. It was around that time that Jude first got into yoga. Her best friend Melissa was taking classes at a small studio in a strip mall not far from our house and raved about it every time Jude spoke to her. I have to admit, Melissa did look happier and in better shape than I'd ever seen before. So, when Jude told me she wanted to start going to class with Melissa, I was all for it or anything that kept her happy. Well, within reason, of course. I remember how excited she was after her first class. She came home invigorated and couldn't stop telling me all about it. I listened patiently but didn't understand half of what she talked about. 
She enjoyed the physical challenge, but was even more intrigued by the spiritual aspects of yoga and yogic philosophy. It sounded like claptrap to me, but I've never been known for my free thinking. To top it off, so she told me, the instructor was this gorgeous hunk of a Frenchman, named Marcel. Friday morning, over breakfast, she brought him up again. That was unusual, and I started getting a slight twinge in my gut. Should I be worried? I asked her across the kitchen table. About Yogi Marcel? She asked, not realizing how silly she sounded. I couldn't help but chuckle. Yogi? Is he smarter than the average bear? I fired back, sure that my wit would win me some brownie points. Huh? Bear? She had an angry look on her face until she figured out my joke. Oh. Yogi Bear. Cute. He's a yoga master, so he is known as a yogi. It's a title, you know, a sign of respect. Yes, I know what a title is. I replied then went on, giving her my very best attempt at a yogi bear accent. Whatever you say, boo-boo. She rolled her eyes and shook her head. I couldn't help myself. I figured I'd worn out the yogi bear jokes, so I shifted my humor to the only other yogi I knew. You know, I said with a smirk. When you're in your class, you can observe a lot just by watching. Jude didn't seem to get the reference. She nodded. Well, Yogi Marcel wants us all to participate to the best of our ability. So, nobody gets to stand around and watch. You should come sometime. You might like it. No chance that would happen, and I was pretty sure she knew it before she suggested it. Yoga was not something I anticipated ever needing, at least not in this lifetime. I got my physical challenges in the gym and enough pseudo-spiritual mumbo-jumbo from my Aikido classes. Well, make sure you don't give up during class because you know what they say. I said, trying my best to keep a straight face, pausing for dramatic effect. Jude stared at me like she had no idea what they say, so I continued. It ain't over till it's over. Jude squinted at me. Wait a minute, she said suspiciously. Are you quoting Yogi Barrett? Yogi Berra, I corrected her. He was a great spiritualist, too. Ha ha ha, my wife fired back. Do you ever take anything I do seriously? This is important to me. I'm sorry, honey, you're right, I said in all sincerity. You never answered my question? What question was that? She asked, getting up from the table to freshen our coffee. I seriously doubted she didn't know which question I was referring. I have deja vu all over again. I quipped, then with a serious face, repeated my earlier question. Should I be worried? If you keep belittling the things that are important to me, yes, you should be. Jude said with one hand on her hip, then added, But about Yogi Marcel, no you don't have anything to worry about. He's not my type. I grinned. What type is he? She replied, raising her eyebrows as she delineated each point of comparison. Well, he is young. He is handsome. He is very athletic, lean and limber. From what I can tell, he seems to have amazing stamina. He is brilliant and doesn't put my interests down. And his package looks fucking huge in tights. Oh, so nothing like me at all, I replied, laughing. He's about as unlike you as one man could be. She replied with a sigh and sat down to sip her coffee, putting my cup near me. She had a dreamy, faraway look in her eyes. He must be gay. I snorted. You think every good-looking guy is gay? Jude replied. That's not true. How could you say something so incorrect and uncaring? I only say that about the good-looking, well-dressed, perfect-teeth ones— who you seem to be routinely impressed by. And anyway, I'm always right. Tell me one time I was wrong. The actor who played in the movie about the love note, I forget his name. 
she said, pretending ignorance. I knew she knew his name. She put him on her celebrity hall pass list, just after Bradley Cooper and ahead of Brad Pitt. Poor Brad had dropped several slots in the post-Angelina years. He's still in the closet, I replied confidently. Wait, you'll hear about it soon enough. There will be some scandal, and he'll admit his passion for teenage boys. He's married. She's a beard. You're just jealous of all hot, young, studly men. You hate that you're getting old and you're projecting. Projecting? Is that one of those words they teach in Psychology 101? Mmm, she replied, pursing her lips at me. I flunked psychology. I lied. I graduated with a double major in criminal science and psychology and went on to get a master's degree. Several years back, I had been one of the lead detectives that caught the North Dallas rapist. I gained some national notoriety and had a short-lived semi-bestseller called The Pathology of a Serial Rapist that had been made into a movie on Lifetime. Right now you're flunking at making up to me, Jude said with a smirk. Making up? Did we have a fight? I asked, playing along. If you want to make up, I know a good way. Make up sex. It's too late. She chirped. You'll be late for work. It's too bad, too. All this talk of Ryan Gosling has me in need of a quickie. Fuck work. I said as I stood and pulled my beautiful wife into my arms. I want to retire anyway, but you won't let me. Don't fuck work. She said as she wrapped her arms around my thick shoulders and jumped up to encircle my hips with her legs. Fuck me instead. I leaned her back onto the kitchen table. I had built the table myself. It was extra sturdy from solid Texas pecan. I knew it would handle any abuse we gave it. I pushed her t-shirt up over her bare breasts and began to maul them with my mouth. Her nipples were rock hard and protruding fully. You're such a caveman. She groaned, her fingers moving through my short cropped hair. Ugh, I said with a grunt as I pulled my hard cock out of my pants and rubbed the bulbous head between her legs, forcing her labia apart. Jude moaned and spread her legs wider. Hurry up, she whispered. I don't want to be late for yoga class. I lifted my mouth from her breasts and stared down into her face, feeling a bit of anger and jealousy well up inside me. I shoved my hips forward and penetrated her roughly. Her cunt was slick, and she adjusted quickly to my thick shaft. I pounded her pussy hard, my curved cock pumping in and out of her like a fleshy piston. Jude grabbed the back of my shirt in her fists and cried out, arching her back and bouncing her ass off the table to meet my cock. I hammered thrust after rapid thrust into her. Either of us spoke. We fucked. I could feel my orgasm approaching, and instead of slowing down to take more time, I went faster, harder, fucking her like I would fuck a slut. Suddenly, my wife cried out and bit down on the fleshy part of her hand to keep from screaming. She shook and rocked as her whole body spasmed through an intense orgasm. I reached my climax just after she did and groaned hard as my sperm shot out, thickly, filling her completely. Spent, I pulled out and kissed her hard on the mouth. I pulled my pants back up and put my still-wet cock away. Aren't you going to shower? Jude asked, surprised. No, I want to be able to smell your pussy all day. I said. That's just gross, she said with an upturned lip. However, the smile on her face belied how proud she felt knowing that I wanted to carry her scent with me all day. I'm old and gross, I told her, using her own words. If you want a young, well-cut pretty boy, go to your yoga class and stare at your yogi. I bet he smells like patchula. Jude was wiping her pussy up with a tea towel, absent-mindedly. She had that dreamy look in her eyes again. I stepped forward, leaned down and kissed her hard. 
I love you, Jude. But if you ever cheat on me, you know what will happen, don't you? I would never cheat on you, my big, hairy caveman. She said, then kissed me back. Yeah, well, keep telling yourself that when you're staring at Yogi Boner's package. I said my goodbyes and went to work. I had a big case that was taking a lot of my time. We had another serial rapist at work in the North Dallas and Collin County area. There were three victims that we knew of, and we wanted to stop the creep before there were more victims, or he escalated to more than just rape. Chapter 03 Originally, Jude started out going to yoga class only on Wednesdays and Fridays, in the afternoon, while I was at work. After a couple of weeks, she added Monday morning. Shortly after that, Jude was doing yoga every day. When she wasn't in a class, she was practicing yoga at home. Yoga became a dominating activity in her life. She was either doing yoga or talking about it. She was into everything about this new age lifestyle. She redecorated the house, turning it from cow rustic to bohemian chic. Our home looked like we lived inside an earthbound store. There must have been two rules in her decorating. One, use a shit ton of pillows. And two, no two pillows could look alike or match anything else in the house. Her wardrobe also changed completely. She seemed to wear a cross between altered states and 1970s hate Ashbury, with a healthy dose of Lululemon tossed in for good measure. The house stank of a variety of incense, candles, and potpourri all day long. Strange crystals appeared all over the house, even in our Brita water pitcher. Why the hell we needed crystals in our water was beyond me. I was even beginning to wonder if Jude wasn't smoking the weed with her friends when I was not home. Jude didn't limit her excitement about her new lifestyle to just annoying me with it. She told all her lady friends, and several of them joined her class. She was spending all her weekdays with her lady friends and at the yoga studio, but when it started encroaching into our evenings and weekends, I decided to put my foot down. Jude, why do you have to take our time to go do your yoga stuff? You have all day, every day. I would really like to have my wife with me when I'm home and enjoy her company. I'm here more than you are, mister I have to work late, again, what are you talking about? She asked defensively. Twice this week you were gone in the evenings when I got home until around nine. Now you're telling me you're going to spend this Saturday at the studio. We are supposed to go to the lake this weekend with the Clarks. The Clarks were our neighbors and friends. Oh, I forgot all about that. She said as she seemed lost in thought. I expected her to change her plans, but instead, she totally surprised me. Can you call them and put it off a week or two? We have an open house at the studio, and I promised Marcel that I would help out. It's we and Marcel now? I asked. When did that happen? When did what happen? She asked, fixing me with that look she got whenever she was perturbed. When did you drop the all-important honorific title? You used to call him Yogi. When did he become Marcel to you? I was getting an uneasy feeling. Jude blushed. Oh shit. That could not be good. We work very closely together, and he told me that I could call him Marcel when others aren't around. I call him Yogi during class, but I'm just so used to calling him Marcel. She said then quickly added, It's not a big deal. Whatever you say boo-boo. I replied watching her closely. The detective in me was kicking in. I studied her body language, looking for deception. And anyway, you've been working so much overtime lately. She said, trying to shift the focus to me. You're home much less than I am. This case you're working on is taking all your spare time. You probably shouldn't take the weekend to go on a boondiggle anyway. What she said was true to a point. I was working a lot of late hours and even some on the weekends. There had been two more attacks, 
one in Plano and one in Fairview that seemed to fit the same profile as the three we already knew about. The worst thing was we had no evidence and no real leads. So you call them? She asked. No, I won't. Okay, then I'll call them. I'm sure it will be fine. One weekend's the same as any other, right? No, not really. This weekend is the annual summer celebration. Bowling for Soup is playing and will be fireworks, a balloon festival, all kinds of stuff happening. We agreed to go weeks ago, and the Clarks paid extra to book the cabin you insisted on getting. Why am I having to tell you all of this? Are you so obsessed with your yoga stuff that you forgot about our marriage and our friends? Can you not call it my yoga stuff? That's very condescending. She asked, ignoring everything else I said. Okay, what do you want me to call it? Yoga. So, yoga is okay, but yoga stuff is not okay. Right. I shook my head as if to say, whatever. But I knew better than to vocalize my thought. Instead, I let her know what I expected. So, you need to call Marcel. I told her, deliberately not using his title. And tell him you can't make it to his open house. It's not like you work there or are an owner. You're just a student. These are our best friends, and we have been looking forward to this trip. You were looking forward to it, too, before you changed. There will be more open houses. We are going to the lake. I didn't want to be an asshole, but sheesh. Jude was being ridiculous. She could sense my mood and my determination. She relented and called Marcel later in the day to tell him that she couldn't attend the open house. Jude gave me the cold shoulder all weekend. She was moody, short-tempered and acted like a woman with a perpetual case of PMS. I knew this was neither reasonable nor acceptable behavior on her part. I was determined to find out why she was this obsessed over an exercise class. Come Monday, I would start using my detective skills on more than just work. Jude's cold treatment of me was apparent. My buddy Tony could tell something was wrong, and he asked me about it. Yoga withdrawal. I said then went on to tell him everything that was going on as we drank beers out on the docks overlooking the lake. You know Tammy was going there for a while he said, but I made her quit when I met that asshole Marcel Marceau or whatever his name is. Bofels, I corrected him. Marcel Bufels. Why what happened? He was just this smug, punk-ass little bitch that acted like he was God's gift to the universe and women in particular. You know the type. He thinks he can fuck any woman he meets. You know damned well that asshole is banging half the women that go there, and probably all of the men. I wasn't sure whether to get angry or laugh. You think he is a two-sport guy? Oh, I'm sure he plays for both teams. Tony chuckled. I told Jude I thought he was gay. I laughed. She told me I think all good-looking men are gay. Well, they are, but that's unrelated. This guy is not that good-looking. Haven't you met him? No, I haven't. Bro, what the fuck are you doing? You need to get Jude out of that place. Nothing good can come of it. You're a cop, by God. Haven't you checked into this dude by now? I shrugged. No, I never really thought about it. I mean, I figured it's just yoga. I trust Jude. I just thought she was all in on a new hobby. She was that way with pottery years ago and told painting before that. We have painted chickens all over the house as a result. I figured she just had a harmless infatuation with the yogi. Yogi, my ass. And you know what else? He asked, leaning closer in a conspiratorial way. I don't think he's really French. I'm from Louisiana. My family is fucking Cajun, and I rattled off some padwai at him. The fucker didn't catch any of it. He said my accent was too strong and my pronunciation was sheet. I called bullshit on that. 
he's about as French as French fries. I sipped my beer and stared at the sunset. Fuck. Had I been asleep at my post? Had I let a fox into the henhouse? I needed to talk to Jude, but I didn't think she was going to be very open to talking about it. I would need to tread carefully. On the drive home, I decided it was time to wake up and be the detective. I came up with a plan to get more involved in Jude's yoga stuff. We had been riding in relative silence for about an hour when I startled her by speaking softly. I want to apologize for making you give up the open house. I'm sorry to make you do that. I thought about it all weekend and realized it was important to you. I also want to thank you for coming along, even though you didn't want to. I've missed you lately, and I loved getting to spend time with you. Even though I was a bitch to you all weekend? She asked, admitting what I'd been thinking. Even then. I said, not denying her mood. She smiled and took my hand. Thanks for saying that. I had a great time. I miss spending time with you and getting to hang out with Tony and Tammy was great, too. We should get together more often. Yeah, I agree. I said then took a deep breath. You know, I was thinking about ways we could spend more time together. We're both so busy. I want to take you up on your suggestion. Suggestion? What suggestion is that? She asked. To join you for your yoga class? I can't go as often as you do, obviously, but I should be able to free up enough time for one or two classes a week. If it weren't for the road noises, you might have been able to hear the crickets outside. The level of excitement Jude demonstrated was underwhelming. You want to start coming to yoga class? She asked, more as a statement than a question. With me? Yeah, it would give us something to do together, and I could start learning to share your passion for the thing that brings you so much joy. If you like it so much, maybe I'll like it, too. There was a long pause as the crickets chirped by in silence. Finally, she responded. You know, I'm in the advanced class. You would need to start as a beginner. So, we would not even be there at the same time. I don't even think the classes are on the same days. Shit. Was that the truth or did you not want me around the yoga studio? Oh, well then that's no good. Never mind. Then. As I tried to guess the truthfulness of her response, another idea came to me. You know, you said we should get together with the Clarks more often, right? Yeah, I'd like that. So, why don't we have a party? We haven't had our friends over in a long time. A party? She asked, sounding unsure of what I was suggesting. Yeah, you know, where people come together, drink, eat, laugh, and have a good time. You're so not funny. Jude replied. I know what a party is. That sounds like a great idea. We could invite the Clarks, some of the other neighbors, your friend Melissa and her husband. What's his name? I asked. Dave. Yeah, Dave. Oh, Melissa's the one who introduced you to yoga, isn't she? Yeah, that's right. I made a mental note to have a long chat with Dave about Yogi Marcel and the yoga school. So, while we're at it, why don't you invite your friends from the yoga class to the party? I mean, why not? We have plenty of room. Jude smiled and kissed my hand. You know, that sounds better all the time. You sometimes do have good ideas. I grinned at her playful sarcasm. And you can invite your Marcel, too. I added. He's not my Marcel. She corrected me. Sorry, I left out the word teacher. You can invite him to the party, too. You know I've never met him. Don't you think it's high time the two most important men in your life met? She pulled her hand away from me and crossed her arms over her ample breasts. Why would you say that? He's not important to me. You and our son are the two most important men in my life. You know, this jealousy you feel for Marcel is silly and it needs to stop, Bill. Whoa, honey. 
I said, trying to calm her. As I said, I needed to tread carefully, and I just pushed too hard. I didn't mean anything negative. I just meant that as your yogi, your mentor and spiritual leader, he has a significant role in your life. I want to meet him. I might like him. Uh Aha, right? Jude responded, staring at me. Think about it. I said, then dropped the subject. We didn't speak the rest of the way home, and it was the most uncomfortable 45 minutes I'd spent in quite a while. That night we went to bed, and I initiated sex. Jude didn't respond at first, but my persistent rubbing of her pussy eventually got to her, and soon she climbed on top and rode me to two orgasms. I did not come. My mind was elsewhere. Finally, she gave up trying to get me off, rolled off me, and went to sleep. She never even asked if I had come, nor did she ask if I was finished. She decided the sex was over. Chapter 04 I left home early Monday before Jude got up. I had to meet with my partner. There was a potential break in the rape case. It didn't pan out, and by lunchtime, I was sitting at my desk, starting to do some checking on the good yogi. My phone rang. It was Jude. She asked if I had a few minutes to talk, which immediately made me nervous. Yeah, actually, I do. I told her. What's up? I thought more about your party idea. She explained. And I am excited about it. It's been forever since we had people over. I was thinking to get it catered, so we don't have to spend all our time and energy getting ready. What do you think? I trust your judgment. I replied. Do it however you want. By the way, did you invite Yogi Marcel? My partner, Detective Eduardo Martinez, was sitting next to me and started chuckling. Yeah, I did, Jude replied. He said it sounds like a fun time and he'd be happy to accept our invitation. Cool. Cool, I said, repeating myself. Was that it? Yeah, that was it. Okay, then I'll see you tonight. Oh, Bill? Yeah? Are you going to be late tonight? Yeah, probably. We have to go over the victim testimony again tonight. Why? Oh, nothing, she said. I could tell something was not right in her voice. I just wanted to know if I needed to fix dinner. Uh, no. I told her, my mind wandering into dark places it should never go. I'll grab something here. Okay. Bye, honey. Love you, Jude said, then disconnected. As I hung up, Martinez was laughing. What's a yogi, Marcel? Is that anything like Yogi Bear? Shut up, I said, grimacing. I'm having deja vu all over again, he said with a chuckle. I used that already. I told him as I rolled my eyes and shook my head. I hoped I hadn't come across that badly when I did the same thing with Jude. Chapter 05 Go through it again, I snapped. Damn it, Bill, Martinez fired back angrily. We've been through it over and over again. It's fucking 1 a.m. I'm exhausted. Going through it one more time tonight isn't going to help us catch this asshole any sooner. I didn't ask you, Martinez. I said, my voice steady, my stare fixed, my eyebrows twitching. The muscles in my neck strained, and I looked like a gorilla about to attack. Go through it again. Right after my conversation with Jude, my phone had rung. There had been another rape. This one got beaten badly. Martinez and I had rushed to the hospital and tried to get a statement from the victim. She didn't tell us much before the drugs knocked her out. What she had told us seemed to match the other cases. Okay, okay, he said, giving up. So, in each case, the suspect was in the women's homes waiting for them when they came home. 
He wore a mask and latex gloves and put on a condom when he raped them. He fucked them each one time, then apologized for it. He made them shower after and put the bed linens in the washing machine with enough bleach to sterilize a whorehouse. He also smashed their cell phones, and in one case where the woman had a landline, he ripped it out of the wall before he left. He was average height, average weight and left no physical evidence that we could find, no DNA, no hair, no nothing. Right. What was it the victim told that the perp said to her before he left? Uh, life sucks, and then you die or some shit, Martinez replied. No, no, it was something else, I said, pulling out my notebook, flipping through the small pages. Here it is, life is suffering. The sooner you realize it, the sooner you can find happiness. I've heard that before someplace. What a fucking weirdo, Martinez said, shaking his head. The motherfucker just beat the shit out of girl because she didn't come when he raped her and then philosophizes to her? That's a cold motherfucker. No shit, I said. But he might be right. Right. About what? Martinez asked me, dumbfounded. Life is suffering. Chapter 06 The night of the party came fast. Jude had ordered catering from one of the trendy new gastropubs that had popped up in recent years and enough wine and liquor to intoxicate half the neighborhood. She even hired a local kid to play DJ for the evening. We would have a cocktail hour, eat, mingle and socialize, starting at 8 p.m. Then, at 10, the DJ would crank up the music, and our sunken family room would transform into a dance floor. Jude started drinking around 6, first wine, then frozen margaritas once the machine was ready. She was loose and happy by the time the first guests began to arrive, just before eight. The Clarks, as usual, were early. Some of her yoga ladies and their plus ones came after that. I herded everyone inside and got everyone drinks. By 8.30, Marcel was a no-show, but so was Jude's best friend Melissa and her husband Dave. I badly wanted to talk with Dave tonight, so I was keeping an eye out for their arrival. Finally, just before nine, I asked Jude about it. Hey, honey. It seems like your yogi and your best friend stood you up, I said, as I sat down next to her on the sectional in the family room. Oh, he said he'd be here around ten to skip all the schmoozing, Jude replied, her words slightly slurred. What about Melissa and Dave? I asked. Her smile dropped, and she sipped her margarita. Oh, I didn't invite them, she replied. You didn't? I thought she was your BFF, Jude shrugged. Not anymore. Suddenly, Jude's eyes lit up and grew wide. A big smile appeared on her face. He's here, she said as she stood up and walked away, leaving me like last week's dirty laundry. I watched in a state of near shock as my wife embraced him and they exchanged cheek kisses, once, twice, and a third time. I knew they did that in Europe, but damn it, this is America and Judith was my wife. I stood and made a beeline for the yogi. As I approached I checked him out. Tony was right. He didn't seem anything all that special. Skinny. Ponytail. Rather short. Hell, I was better looking, and I'd had my nose broken three times. I didn't wait for any introductions. Jude didn't seem interested in making them anyway. By the time I crossed the room, there were already four other wives surrounding him and clinging to his every word like the Messiah had come back to earth. Just before I reached him, I heard Jude giggle and say, Maybe later, we'll see how it goes. I stood tall making sure he saw all of my six feet, two inches, and two hundred and seventy-five pounds. I spoke in a loud voice that caused him to jump with a start and Jude to turn to face me, equally surprised. Hi. I boomed. 
You must be Marcel. I said as friendly as a big Texan can, avoiding any form of honorific or title and using his first name. I stuck out my meaty gorilla hand. I'm Bill, Jude's husband. Welcome to my home. He looked to Jude then back to me and didn't extend his hand. He seemed a little intimidated. Sorry, I only kiss after at least three dates. I said waving my open hand in front of him, with a big friendly smile on my face. In Texas, we shake hands. That snapped him out of it, and Jude out of her frozen, deer-in-the-headlight state, too. He stuck his hand out. I didn't try to crush it in my bare paw. That would be rude, and it was unnecessary for me to do it. He already knew I could crush him like a bug. His grip was weak, but I kept mine at a professional level of firmness and shook his hand. Oh, Bill, Jude said, finding her voice. This is Yogi Marcel. Yogi, this is my husband, Bill. She seemed nervous. She stepped closer to me and took hold of my arm. I smiled and put my arm around her, sending a signal. I just told him that, honey. I said and kissed Jude on the cheek, sending another signal. Marcel spoke. His voice was a little on the high-pitched side and slightly nasally. He exuded smugness. I could tell by the way he carried himself, the look on his face, the way he spoke, this asshole had a very high opinion of himself. I thought he was all show. Where I grew up, we had a name for guys like him. We called them Slick. From that moment forward, that was his name in my book. Not Yogi. Not Marcel. He was Slick. As in, you think you're a slick motherfucker, but you ain't as slick as you think you are. I still had his hand in mine. He was trying to pull it away. I let him. Ah, so you are the lucky man who is married to this beautiful creature, he said with a thick French, or pseudo-French, accent. I am very envious, monsieur. I hope one day to enjoy a wife such as her. Jude shifted next to me. Yeah, well, this one's taken slick, I said, grinning broadly. Guess you'll have to find another one to try out. An awkward silence took over after I said that. I let it settle for a few seconds, then I laughed and patted Marcel on the shoulder a bit harder than I should have. Just busting your balls, slick. What are you drinking? Oh, the yogi only drinks French wine, my wife offered. I wondered how she knew his taste in alcoholic beverages, but I let it pass. I bought some wines with him in mind. Oh, okay, then come with me and help me figure it out, I said. What? she asked. I can tell you which ones. I should stay here and entertain our guests. I pulled Jude by the hand and gestured at Marcel and the four other wives who were quickly moving to fill the spot vacated by my wife by his side. They seemed to be entertaining themselves. Come on. But, she tried to resist, but I just grinned and pulled her along with me. When we got to the kitchen, she pulled a bottle of French red wine from our small wine fridge. It looked expensive. Expensive wine for me was $29. This seemed fucking expensive as hell. I didn't embarrass myself by asking her about it, but I made a note to Google it later. I took my time opening it so that I could fish a bit. So, that was an awfully friendly greeting you gave Marcel, I said, twisting the corkscrew and imagining it was inside one of the yogi's eye sockets. Oh, you mean the kisses? She asked, her words more slurred than she realized. Yeah, never seen you do that before, I replied, twisting more slowly. He's French, she replied. Kissing is normal and not a big deal. Really? I said, trying not to show my anger. I didn't know that. There's a lot you don't know, Bill. She said with a giggle. A whole lot. Jude was leaning on the counter, and I could tell she was already fairly drunk. 
I stopped opening the wine and grabbed a bottle of water. You need to drink that, I told her. When she put it down without opening it, I picked it up twisted the lid off, envisioning it was Marcel's neck I was twisting, then put it in her hand. Drink that or I'm cutting you off for the rest of the night. Yes, sir, she said with a fake salute, then sipped at the water. So, why didn't you invite Melissa and Dave? I asked her again, hoping for an answer this time. She rolled her eyes and drank more of the water. She's just a drama queen. I didn't want any drama tonight. Drama? I asked, as I had the corkscrew all the way in and pretended to have difficulty removing it. What kind of drama? I don't really know all of it, but she was making trouble at the yoga studio, so Marcel told her she's not welcome there any longer. Hmm. I realized I would have to get in contact with Dave on my own and get to the bottom of their story. I made a note to reach out to him on Monday. Trouble? What kind of trouble could Melissa possibly cause? She's a sweetheart and one of your closest friends. Hell, isn't she the one that introduced you to yoga? Jude shrugged and sipped her water. I think she was a little infatuated with Marcel and wanted to take it in a direction he wasn't comfortable with. So, he felt it was best for her to stop coming to the studio. I wasn't surprised that she knew more than she had initially wanted to admit. It only added to my growing level of suspicion. You must be kidding me? I said with skepticism dripping from my voice. Are you saying Melissa wanted to cheat on Dave with him? I pointed with my thumb into the other room, indicating her yogi. Jude just grinned and raised her eyebrows. That's what she told me. She told you she wanted to cheat on Dave? Not exactly. What she said was she wanted to fuck Yogi Marcel. I stared at my wife in disbelief. She screwed the lid on her water bottle and prepared to rejoin the party. I stopped her. That's the second wife and student of six that I've heard about wanting to cheat on their husbands with him. Seems to be a running theme with this guy. Should I be worried? Jude walked over and kissed me softly, smiling sweetly. Honey, you have nothing to worry about. You're still my big Neanderthal. She placed the bottle on the counter and walked out of the kitchen, leaving me with a sick feeling in the pit of my gut. I had a lot to worry about. Chapter 07 As the night got later, the music cranked up and people started dancing. I kept a close watch on Jude all evening, never allowing her out of my sight. I am a skilled observer, so it is easy for me to monitor her without appearing to be stalking. When she sat, it was always next to Slick. When she danced, he was always within easy reach and they would invariably drift together for a few songs, then apart for a few. They never gave any outward indication that they were there to be with each other, but I could see it in the way they looked at each other, the way she touched his arms. Jude continued to drink and I could also see the effects it was having on her. Her reactions were slowed. She seemed to sway a bit on her feet even when there was no music. I knew her limits with booze and she was well past them. Just then, the music changed as the DJ announced it was a lover's block of slow songs for romance. Marcel pulled Jude into his arms, pressing up against her. She quickly glanced around the room, not seeing me, and interlocked her fingers behind Slick's neck. That did it. I stormed out of my hiding spot and made a beeline for the couple. I put a firm hand on Slick's shoulder and patted it. Cutting in. I declared. It was not a question or a request. They both turned to look at me. Slick grinned and said, After this set of songs is over. He turned back to my wife, his face inches from hers. He had his hands on Jude's hips, holding her crotch to his. I gripped the middle finger of his right hand and pulled it back. The hand came with it. Slick seemed to wince. 
I pulled him back enough to separate them and fixed him with my best steely-eyed stare. I'm going to dance with my wife now, Marcel. Find another wife to rub on. I moved in between them and pulled Jude to me as I released his hand. Marcel rubbed his finger. It would survive. I didn't break it. Jude put her arms around my neck, swaying back and forth to the music. Why did you do that? She asked, her voice soft and sultry. You're my wife, goddammit. I told her, my mouth to her ear. I'll kill anyone who tries to take you away from me. He was just being nice, she said as she pressed her hips more tightly to me. I think you scared him. Good, I said. He should be scared. We danced to the music and when the song ended, Jude started to walk away, but I held her in place. It's a lover's block, I told her. I reserve all slow songs for me. You know that. She nodded and leaned her head on my shoulder. If he was just being nice, I asked, then why was he rubbing his boner on your crotch while you danced? Jude jerked her head up and stared at me with a surprised look on her face. He wasn't. She started to answer, but realized I must have seen this erection when I separated them. I mean, it was harmless. It happens a lot when couples slow dance. She said it like it was a matter of fact. You're not a couple, I reminded her. We are. With that, I gripped her ass in my hands and pulled her more tightly to me, letting my cock press against her as his head. Don't ever forget that. Chapter 08 There was a lull in the music as the DJ took a fifteen-minute break. Most people congregated in one of two places, the patio for a smoke or the kitchen to fill up on munchies and drinks. I was in the kitchen watching Jude and Slick. They slipped outside from the family room, so I quickly darted out the kitchen door. I greeted a couple of our friends by the fire pit, casting frequent glances across the patio. Jude and Marcel were off to the side in the shadows sitting side by side, crosswise on one of our loungers. After a couple of minutes, Jude stood and turned to face the asshole, leaning over and no doubt giving him a clear view down the front of her dress. She then laughed. I could hear the faint sound of her giggles from where I stood watching. She turned and sauntered, unsteadily back into the house. Marcel waited about sixty seconds and was on his feet heading to the door. I caught him just before he opened it with a hand on his arm dot he seemed surprised to see me. We need to talk, Slick, I said. What's your problem, man? He asked harshly, no trace of a French accent in his voice, as he jerked his arm away from my grip. Problem? I asked. No problem. Not yet, anyway. Let's have a quick chat. He glanced inside then stepped back. I indicated a patio table and pulled out a chair for him. Sit. This won't take long. Then you can go back to what you were doing. Reluctantly, he sat. It's your home and I am your guest. He said as he emptied what was left of his wine, the French accent reappearing. Où en France as-tu grandi? I suddenly asked him where in France he grew up. He stared at me. I let fly more French than I'd spoken in years. I looked it all up first to make sure I had it close enough. I told him that I'd studied French for several years and could converse pretty well. I told him we could speak French if he wanted. I watched him sweating as I spoke. J'ai étudié français au lycée et au collège pendant plusieurs années. Je ne dirai pas que je parle couramment, mais je peux converser adéquatement. Allons-nous parler français, s'il vous plaît? Your accent's so bad I cannot understand half of what you are saying. He said dismissively, then added in French. Mais, S-I-C-A-T, Fate Center Grand Dawn Le Pantalon, on put parler français. I wasn't sure but I thought he said we could speak French if it would make me feel big in the pants. Asshole. 
Well, so maybe he does speak French. That doesn't make him French. So I can see you and Jude have developed a special relationship. I said. He shrugged. Jude is a beautiful woman and a good soul. She is an excellent student and will make a fantastic yoga instructor. She she tell you I have asked her to be my assistant instructor and help manage my studio? I admit his words shocked me. Jude hadn't said shit. I tried to not let my surprise show, but failed. Oh, I guess she hadn't told you, he said with a smirk. I wanted to punch him and wipe the smirk off his face. So look, I could use your help, I said, changing tactics. My help? he asked. What can I do for you? Jude's been very distant lately. I explained, making it up as I went along. I wasn't quite sure where I was going. I had a skeleton of an idea but had not anticipated needing this contingency. And you probably see her more often than I do. I see her often, yes, he agreed. I'm worried she may be having an affair. I said quickly, then added, or on the verge of doing so. He stared at me. I love my wife more than anything. We've been married a long time and she is more than my wife. She is my life. If you saw something, I would appreciate it if you would tell me. Maybe I can find out what she's up to and end it before it goes too far. You want me to help you spy on her? He asked, practically giddy. Spying is such a dirty word, I said. Just if you happen to notice anything. I'd appreciate you letting me know. Of course, he said. I can assure you that she is never with any other man but me. That didn't really help me feel any better. I nodded. Here's the thing, Slick, I said as I stood up, looming over him. If anybody ever fucked Jude, I would kill him. I would put two bullets in his brain and drag his dead body out to the woodlands and dump it in a swamp with lead weights shoved up his ass. He stared at me open-mouthed. I shook his hand firmly. It's only a matter of time before I find out who it is who is trying to seduce her. When I do, he and I are going to have a little talk, someplace where nobody can hear his screams. If I find out he's fucked her, he's a dead man. He nodded again. I turned and left him there and went inside. Jude wasn't in any of the rooms downstairs. That couldn't be good. I went upstairs and found her, laying on our bed, wearing only her satin bathrobe and it was open, showing off her naked body. She was passed out. I covered her with a blanket and as I was about to leave, she gently grabbed my arm, eyes closed and said em, which morphed into, Mmm, Marcel. Okay. Party over. I went back downstairs in time to see Slick exit the front door. I don't think I really scared him when they were dancing, but I truly hoped he was scared now. I found the DJ out back smoking a joint. You know that shit's illegal. I told him as I took it from him. I should run your ass in for possession. I took a drag and held it, then slowly blew the smoke out. But I'll confiscate this. Pack your shit up and get out. The party's over. But I still had another set to do. He protested. Yeah, I know. I told him. It's okay. I'll pay you for the whole gig, but the party's kind of died out now. Go ahead and get your ass home. And stay off the weed. I took another deep hit off the blunt, then ground it out to save for later. Chapter 09 You don't listen well, do you, Slick? I asked as I pressed the hard metal of my gun against his ribs. What did I tell you I would do to any bastard who fucked my wife? We haven't done anything. Jude urgently pleaded. I swear it. Really? I asked with raised eyebrows. Nothing? Yes. Nothing, she confirmed. Slick, 
I'm going to move to the other side of the table. If you try to run or make a scene, I'll blow a hole in the back of your head the size of a grapefruit. Comprendez-vous? He nodded. I slid out of the booth and around to the other side, so I could face them. For the first time, Jude and I met each other's full gaze. She looked down, full of shame. I placed an envelope on the table and pulled a folder out of it. I reached inside and pulled out a surveillance photograph. It showed Jude and Marcel's arms and they were kissing. Nothing, huh? I asked. Where did you get that? Jude demanded. Oh, no, denials, just want to know how I got it. How about this one? It showed then seated on a sofa in Marcel's office. They were making out, and he had his hand in her yoga pants. Some of your private yoga lessons, no doubt, I said. What pose is that? Marcel was sweating profusely looking at the photographs. I knew he'd seen them before. I think he was shocked that I had them. He was probably in a panic wondering what else I had. How about his one? It showed Marcel on the same sofa, naked. A woman with hair similar to Jude's, knelt in front of him, also naked, was sucking his cock. That's not me! Jude shouted grabbing at the picture. I swear to God! That's not me! Really? I asked calmly and pulled another photograph out. Now the woman was bent over the sofa and Slick was fucking her from behind. Oh my God! exclaimed Jude. She stared at the picture then at Marcel. Who the fuck is that? She turned back to me. It's not me. You have to know that. That's not my body. I pulled out another photograph and laid it down. The woman was riding on Marcel's cock, turned toward the camera, her face clearly visible. I silently laid it down in front of my wife. She stared at it. Her eyes grew bigger and bigger, tears welling up, spilling out and running down her face. How could you? Chapter 10 Jude was hungover severely the next day and had little memory of the night's events. I didn't mention anything about her calling me Marcel or her behavior with him at the part. I also didn't ask her about her invitation to become a yoga instructor and manage the studio. I would wait to see when and if she brought it up. Things were a little different over the next couple of weeks, almost like old times. Jude was home a lot more. Several of her classes were canceled, and the yogi had little time to spend with her. Maybe... I had been successful in scaring him away, and if I were lucky, things would get back to normal. I didn't push it, and gave Jude some space to work things out on her own. Unfortunately, she seemed moody and temperamental, often snapping at me. When she wasn't angry, she was distant. Midway into the second week, I thought things had gone on long enough. I had made a decision about our future, and on Thursday, I felt it was time to talk to her. I called Jude and let her know I wanted to spend the evening together. To my surprise, she agreed right away without any pushback. When I got home that evening, Jude was in the kitchen, dishing out bowls of homemade chili. Hi, honey. She called as I walked into the kitchen. I figured we'd eat right away so we'd have all evening for whatever comes up. She winked at me as she said it. So, what's going on? She asked. What did you want to talk about? Before I could answer her question, she interrupted me. Because I have some news too that I want to celebrate with you. Can you grab us a couple of beers? I wasn't expecting her to have. News. So I was a little surprised. I had planned to do most of the talking that night. My goal was to finally put this Marcel issue behind us and move on with our lives. The fact that she had something to celebrate sent a chill down my spine. I had a bad feeling about whatever it was. Sure. I said and retrieved two long necks from the refrigerator, 
popping them open and handing her one. Here you go. I took the initiative and answered her query. As you know, this case I'm working on has been kicking my ass. I told her, taking a sip of the beer. I feel like the black guy in Lethal Weapon. I'm getting too old for this shit. I'm tired, Jude, tired of the stress, tired of never being home with you. I miss our life the way it was. I want out. Jude was staring at me with a mixture of concern and curiosity. What do you mean out? Out of what? I put in for a transfer to a job as an instructor at the police academy. I explained. At the end of the month, my days solving crimes are done. I want to take some time off and get away from here for a couple of weeks so that we can reconnect. It's long overdue, but I hope we can rekindle our relationship and remember why we fell in love in the first place. She stared at me for several seconds without reacting. So, what does that mean, exactly? She asked. It means I'll have a regular 9-to-5 job. No more late nights. No more weekends. I'll be able to spend more time with you and make up for all the years I neglected you, neglected us. She nodded. I am a great judge of people and can usually read their reactions very well. It comes with the job. However, I was having a hard time telling what she was thinking. You don't look happy. I said. She reacted to my words by forcing on what appeared to be a fake smile. No. No, of course I'm happy. She said quickly. I'm just shocked. Being a detective was everything you ever wanted. I'm surprised you would give it up. I'm giving it up for us. I said. You're more important to me than any job, anything, or any person. I stressed the last part, trying to send a subliminal message. She looked down, nervously, and seemed deep in thought for a moment. When she didn't speak, I prompted her. So, what's your big news? I asked, dreading what she would tell me. Oh, it's really nothing, she said quietly, shaking her head. We can talk about it another time. Let's eat. I could tell she was trying to change the subject, but I was having none of that. We needed to communicate, not avoid it. No, no. I told her, giving her a smile. I want to hear it. If it is worth celebrating, it must be good news. So, come on, spit it out. Okay, she replied. It's really nothing as dramatic as your news. She hesitated, took a big swig of her beer, then continued. Marcel has asked me to become certified as a yoga instructor so that I can teach classes at the studio and become his assistant manager. It would be a paying job. I know you think it's probably silly, but it means a lot to me, and I'd really like to do it. Cool, I said then added. I'm proud of you. I'm sure you'll be great at it. So Jude finally got around to telling me what Slick had revealed to me at our party. It had taken her long enough. I was hoping that maybe he had rescinded the offer. I'd been thinking about this topic since the night Marcel told me about it. I realized that balking at the idea or trying to dissuade her could only alienate her more. The last thing she would expect was for me to be supportive. She seemed perplexed. You're okay with it? She asked. I kind of got the impression that you wouldn't be happy about me doing it. It means I have to spend more time with Marcel and less time home. I know. I told her. And you're okay with that? I am. I lied. I trust you. She jumped up and climbed into my lap kissing me all over my face. I love you, Bill. She said. That's when she completely blew my mind and left me dazed and confused. So, then you'll be okay with me taking the certification course? It's a little expensive, $5,000. She looked like a little girl asking her daddy for a pony. I choked. Five grand? For a class? It's two weeks long, she explained. Yeah, but still, 
That's $2,500 a week. Yes, but it's during a retreat at a resort in Costa Rica. She elaborated. Whoa, I said, waving my hands, putting the brakes on the conversation. Two weeks in Costa Rica? I asked, flabbergasted. Yes, two weeks of intensive training and classes all day, every day. At the end of the retreat, I'll be fully certified by the International Institute of Yoga Studies and can teach accredited classes. In the yoga community, Bill, this is a big deal. There's usually a two-year-long waiting list to attend, but Marcel was able to pull some strings with some of his connections to get us in. Alarms were going off in my head. I was dumbfounded and had no real response. When is it? I asked. I just told you I can't go until at least next month. I was struggling to put the pieces together. I'm tied up with this case until I start my new job. Oh, that's fine, honey, she said. It would just be me going on my own. I didn't mean that you would go with me. But you said us, I explained to her. You said Marcel got us in? Oh, yes, Jude said, staring at her hands, blushing. I meant us as in Marcel and me. She glanced up, then back down, either unable or unwilling to look in my eyes. Wait, 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 I spit out, trying to remain calm. You're planning to go to a resort in Costa Rica with Marcel? Alone? For two weeks? I asked in shock. Well, yes, she said nervously. Marcel is my mentor and sponsor and needs to be there to support me. Can I go with you and support you? Well, no, it's just for yoga people, she explained. You would be bored out of your mind. I took a sip of my beer. I guess I hadn't scared Slick enough, after all. When is it? I asked. Next month, from the 23rd, she told me. She pulled up the resort's website on her tablet to show me. The place looked incredible, like the perfect lover's getaway dream location. I made a note of the name. I would be doing some research on it as soon as possible. I see, I said curtly. Are you upset? She asked. Disappointed, really, I said. I love you, Jude. You know that, don't you? I do she said, sliding off my lap to sit in her own chair. Disappointed? Why? Why? I asked with my voice raising an octave. You're planning to go away to a romantic tropical resort with another man, without me, for two weeks. I'm disappointed that you would think I wouldn't have a problem with that. I'm disappointed that you would ever think it was an acceptable thing to do. I'm disappointed about what that says about our marriage. Honey, she began, trying to reassure me. It's only two weeks and it is a business trip. You've taken business trips for longer than that before, and I never tried to make you feel guilty for it. That was different. I countered. I wasn't going to a resort for two weeks with a young, attractive woman who clearly was trying to seduce me. Bill, she retorted. Marcel is not trying to seduce me. It's purely platonic. This is business. That's all. I finished my beer as we both sat in silence, while Jude flipped through photographs of the resort. I noticed most of the pictures showed couples in romantic poses and situations. I didn't see any yoga going on in any of them. Jude had that dreamy look on her face again that I let out a slow, sad sigh, then asked. So, when and where do you want to be served? Served? What do you mean? She asked. I already put the chili in bowls. Not served dinner. I replied. Served with divorce papers. Divorce? She shouted, staring at me in disbelief. What do you mean, divorce? Divorce, you know, the dissolution of a marriage. Usually done when one spouse cheats on the other. I know what divorce is. Jude snapped. Nobody is cheating on you, Bill. 
What are you talking about divorce for? I'm talking about you going away for two weeks to a romantic, tropical paradise with your boyfriend, Marcel. He's not my boyfriend, damn it! She exclaimed. It's a certification class. I'll be there working. With Slick, I added. Were you planning on staying in the same room? I bet he suggested you get one suite instead of two rooms to save money. The surprised look on her face confirmed my statement. Well, Marcel is paying for it, she countered. So, I should be willing to help save on expenses. So it is a suite, I said smirking. Yes, but he'll sleep in one part and me in the other. I told you, it's purely platonic. It doesn't matter if it is platonic, Socratic, or Pythagorean, I will not be married to a woman who goes on vacation, alone, with another man and sleeps in the same room. But you said you wanted me to get certified, she pleaded. I do, I agreed. But not like that. But, Bill, she argued, this is how it is done. You're not a yoga person, you don't get it. They don't care about things like that. They don't worry about sex and things the way you do. I noticed she was separating us in that comment, where I was worried, and she must not be. Sex? So you're planning on having sex with him, too? I asked angrily. No, she shouted. You're twisting what I'm saying. I never said that. I just meant they don't think about this kind of trip being about sex. It's about yoga and commuting with nature and embracing our spirituality. It is not about sex. Fine, I told her. It sounds like a great trip. Since it's next month, I'll have started at my new job and can take some vacation. I'll go with you. I'll be your sweet mate, instead of Marcel, and pay the extra cost. He can get his own fucking room. I'll be there with you at night, sharing your bed. You can do your classes all fucking day long. That won't work, she protested. Why not? Sounds like a perfect win-win to me. You get to do your classes during the day. Marcel gets to be there to support you. Best of all, you and I get to be together at night, like a husband and wife should. You'll be bored to death all day long, she explained. I won't be able to spend any time with you at all. I laughed. Jude, it's a tropical paradise. I won't be bored. You won't have to babysit me. I'm a big boy. I said I wanted to take an extended vacation. This works out great. We can combine your certification with our vacation and stay an extra week or two when your training is over. You don't need to worry about me, and this way I won't have to worry about you and Slick. Oh, never mind, she shouted. Forget the whole thing. I had hoped for once you would be mature and accepting of the new me and trust me enough to let me do something like this without your he-man, Neanderthalic ways interfering. I was wrong. So, wait, let me get this straight. You would rather cancel the whole thing and not get certified because I come along? I would not be interfering with your classes or your ability to get certified at all. The only thing my presence could possibly interfere with is you and Marcel having a romantic getaway together and sharing a suite. So, being alone with him for two weeks must be more important to you than the certification. Of course not. She fired back. That's ridiculous. Then, the choices are pretty simple. You can get certified with me there and stay married, or you can get certified sharing a suite with Marcel and get divorced. Instead, you're choosing to not get certified at all. You know what that means then, don't you? She didn't answer. It means the certification is just a pretext to go away with Marcel. If you can't go with him and you have to go with me, you don't want to go at all, and you are willing to give up the certification as a result. You're not making any sense, Jude declared. I am sorry I mentioned it. 
Forget the whole thing. I wish I could. I said. I can't. We have a problem, Jude. We don't spend any time together. When we do, we usually end up fighting. You spend all your time at the studio, with Marcel. I want my wife back. I want my life back. This is not the kind of marriage I signed up for. Maybe we really should get a divorce. Are you serious? She asked, her voice breaking. You want to divorce me because I found something to make me happy, something other than you? No, I replied. I don't want to divorce you because you found something that makes you happy. I want to divorce you because you found someone, other than me, who does. She sat there, hands shaking, mouth open as if she wanted to speak, but no words would come. Finally, she managed to squeak out. I don't want a divorce. I love you. And I want a wife who is faithful in all ways, cleaving only unto me, till death do us part. I replied. I thought that was you. I'm not so sure anymore. It is me, she said as she started to cry. It's always been me. Nothing has changed. You've changed. I corrected her dot and my phone buzzed urgently. It was my work phone. If it had been personal, I would have ignored it. Unfortunately, I didn't have that luxury. I was on call 24-7-365. Reluctantly, I picked it up and answered. Yeah? I said. Martinez was on the line. There's been another rape. This one is bad. She's dead. Fuck. Chapter 11 How is it that in the modern age of DNA, cameras everywhere and CSI, we were chasing a ghost? Eight rapes, the level of violence escalating with each one, and almost no clues as to who was behind them. The perp was very careful not to leave much trace evidence, and we had no witnesses. We had two small samples of DNA that came from two different crime scenes. They matched each other, but we'd never been able to connect them to a perp. It was only a matter of time, but how long? And now, this, victim number nine. Murdered. This one hit me hard. I felt like it was my fault for not working harder not doing a better job to catch this maniac. Had I been letting my preoccupation with my issues at home distract me from my job? I was one of the best investigators on the force, and I had nothing. This poor woman was dead because of me. I pulled to a stop outside room number 27 at the Dew Drop-In, a sleazy motel on the outside of town known for hookers, drug dealers, and bed rentals by the hour. The forensics team was hard at it by the time I arrived, and the victim's corpse was about to be removed. I looked in. The room was a bloody mess. This one hadn't gone easily. That was bad for the victim, but maybe, just maybe, it would be a break for us. Someone had to have heard something, maybe seen something. I saw her hair, half of it red and matted with her blood, the remaining strands a similar color to my wife's. She was laying on her side, her naked ass and back facing me. The tech gently rolled her on her back, and her head lolled to the side. I saw her face. My heart leaped into my throat and I lost my breath. I stepped back, shook my head and stared at her familiar visage. Martinez! I shouted. Yo! He called back from inside the room. You got any idea on the Vic? I called out, but I already knew who she was. He carefully stepped outside. Yeah, her bag was in the corner. Driver's license says she's Melissa Goodman of Allen. He was looking at me cautiously. That's your town, Bill. You know her? Yeah, I do. Chapter 12 It was the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my career, but I wouldn't let anyone else contact Dave or tell him about his wife. I drove to his house. 
He was there and answered the door. Bill, what are you doing here? He asked when he saw me. My face must have alerted him to the serious nature of my visit. Is it Melissa? What's happened? Is she all right? His questions came flooding out, faster than I could track them. Dave, can we sit down? I asked, gesturing inside. He stepped back and let me in. Sure, but where's Melissa? Is she okay? We sat down in his formal living room. From its pristine state, I was sure it got as little regular use as ours. I took a deep breath. Dave, there's no easy way to tell you this. Melissa is dead. What? He fired back. Don't fuck around, Bill. This is serious. I'm sorry, Dave, but it's true. Her body was found a couple of hours ago. That's not possible. She went to girls' night out with Jude and the girls from yoga. He jumped up and grabbed his cell phone. I'll call her. You'll see. She's fine. Dave, she was positively ID'd. She had her bag with her, her driver's license, plus. I hesitated to tell him, but I pushed forward. I saw her. It was Melissa. There must be a mistake, he said, dropping back into the chair. I got up and poured him a glass of bourbon. He took it with trembling hands, stared at it, then downed it in one gulp. You're sure it was her? He asked as I refilled his glass. Yes. I can't believe it. How? Dave asked. How did it happen? Was it an accident? Had she been drinking? I poured myself a glass and swallowed it, feeling the warmth of its familiar burn. No, I said. We believe she was murdered. Murdered? What the fuck are you talking about? Why? Who would have done that? He stood again. I could tell he was about to snap. I put a hand on his shoulder to try and calm him. I'm sorry, Dave. You said she was supposed to be out with the girls. Did she tell you where? Dave was staring into space. Huh? I don't know. Some new restaurant on the square in McKinney. Ask Jude. She was there. Dave, Jude was with me. She said she hasn't spoken to Melissa in weeks. Is there any chance Melissa was seeing someone? No fucking way. Dave shouted. Where is she? I want to see her. I need to see my wife. I nodded. I'll take you to her. I have to ask, where were you all evening? I felt ashamed to be playing cop with my friend, but it was my duty. Fuck you, he said, looking at me with seething anger. You think I had something to do with it? No, I said. Of course, not. But in a murder, the spouses are always the first people suspected. Someone's going to ask you. Better me than somebody else. Dave was crying. I could see the tears running down his cheeks. He didn't bother to wipe them off. I worked late. Got a pizza and came home. I've been here all evening, waiting on Melissa to get back. Oh, God! He dropped to his knees. She's never coming back. He let out a long, gut-wrenching wail that cut into my soul. Chapter 13 I escorted Dave to the morgue. He was allowed to see Melissa, but when he tried to touch her, he had to be restrained. That was the most painful thing I'd ever witnessed on the job, maybe in my whole life. I could see his pain, his loss. He'd lost the love of his life. I thought about Jude. Were we done? Was it over? Was it too late for us or could I stop what was happening and win her back? Did I want her back? As I was about to drive Dave back home, Martinez pulled me aside. The forensics guys say they got multiple prints. Not only that, but Doc says they ran a rape kit and pulled a semen sample from the Vic. Melissa. I stopped him. 
Her name was Melissa. Sorry, for Melissa. It's not like our perp to be that sloppy. He always wore a condom before. He's escalating his game. I said. He's getting overconfident, making mistakes. Dude, are you alright? My partner asked me. You got your head up your ass. He left fingerprints and DNA all over the place. Our perp is too careful about that shit. Maybe you need to take a step back, bro. You're too close to this one. You ain't thinking right. It's not the case. I told him, acknowledging that I had not been on my game. It's personal. Personal? Dude, I've been your partner for over ten fucking years. What's going on? I can't get into it, now. I need to get back in there. Fuck that shit, bro tell me what the fuck is going on. I knew Martinez too well and realized he wasn't going to back off. With a sigh, I confessed my suspicion that Jude was cheating on me with her yoga instructor. Oh bro, that's fucked up. I heard about them yoga dudes. They got into some kind of freaky, kinky sex shit called Tanto or some shit. Tantra. I corrected him. Yeah, that's it. They get all in the women's heads and make them have like hour-long orgasms and shit. I can't believe Jude would do that to you, bro. You sure? No, not really. I explained. It's just a suspicion at this point. But that's why I'm so distracted. I'm spending more time worrying about what Jude is up to than working on this case. What's this motherfucker's name? I'll go pay him a visit and teach him not to mess with married women. Marcel Bofels, but you leave him alone. I'll take care of Slick. I got your back, bro. You know, if you need an alibi or some shit. I nodded and assured him that it wouldn't be necessary. Yeah, well, my cousin Pancho has a 3,000-acre ranch out in West Texas. We buried that motherfucker out there. They never find the body. I couldn't tell if he was serious, but knowing Martinez, I assumed he was honest. I promised not to do anything stupid and to keep my personal problems out of things. As he walked away, he shouted, Call me if you change your mind. I retrieved Dave, and we headed back toward his place, but he spoke up. I can't go home, Bill. I can't be there. Can you take me to a hotel? I doubt I'll be able to sleep anyway, but I can't face seeing her things at home. Sure, I told him. You're welcome to stay at our place tonight. No, he replied. I need to be alone. Okay, I understand. I drove to a nearby Nilo, and as we pulled up to the port cochere to drop him off, he sighed heavily. Melissa said that life is suffering, he began, and his words sent a shockwave into my brain and nearly stopped my heart. I never knew what she meant until now. What did you say? I asked. Life is suffering, he repeated. It's some kind of Buddhist expression, something she picked up at the yoga studio. Melissa said it was something her instructor used to tell them during class. I was trying to process the connections. My brain was suddenly working in turbo mode. You said that Melissa was still taking classes? At the studio? Yeah, she loved those fucking classes. With Marcel? Yeah, two or three days a week. Why? Do you think her death was related to the studio somehow? He asked, desperately clutching at straws. I downplayed it as best I could. No, no, I said. I was just trying to see what Melissa spent her time doing. We have to look into everything. Try to get some sleep. Dave nodded and got out. He looked like he wanted to say more, but opted not to. I waited, watching him go into the hotel, then I drove home as fast as I could. It was almost four in the morning, but I went straight to the bedroom and woke up Jude. She didn't complain and got up to put on a pot of coffee. I needed answers, but I wasn't prepared to tell her about Melissa. Jude, 
So you said Melissa stopped coming to yoga. When was this? It's been a couple of months now. She got into a tiff with Marcel, and after that, she stopped coming. She wasn't coming to the studio at all? No, why? Jude asked, staring at me suspiciously. Just curious. I said, Have you ever heard anybody at the studio use the expression life is suffering? Yes, she said. Yogi Marcel talks about it often. Buddha said that life is suffering. Well, that's the generally accepted English translation of the word. Dukkha. Dukkha means several things, but pain, suffering, and dissatisfaction are all related to it. It's part of the Four Noble Truths of Buddhist teachings. Why? Are you interested in Buddhist philosophy now? Very interested. I said. I paused, then asked the million-dollar question. Do you think it is possible that Melissa was having an affair with Marcel? I dreaded her reaction, so I was surprised when she didn't react at all. She just sipped her coffee, then calmly responded. No. Not a chance. What makes you so sure? I asked. He swears to me nothing ever happened between them, and I believe him. Jude, I began. You are too trusting of people. You have no reason to just believe what he tells you. Bill, Jude replied. There's more to why Melissa and I aren't friends any more than I told you. I didn't want to upset you, so I didn't tell you everything. I felt that familiar pain in my gut starting again. Go on, I said, bracing myself for what she would say. Melissa was obsessed with Marcel, like a groupie. She followed him around like a puppy dog and was jealous if he spent any time with any of the other women in the class or gave anyone his attention. I asked him at the time if they were having sex and he swore they were not. He told me she had come on to him many times, but he rejected her advances. It got so bad that she freaked out at me when I had a private lesson. She accused me of fucking Marcel. Jude stopped. She was blushing and avoided eye contact. Were you? I asked. Bill! She snapped. I told you he's never touched me. Right, go on. I told Melissa the same thing I just told you. It seemed to satisfy her, and she calmed down. That's when it got weird. She asked me if I wanted to have sex with Marcel, and she suggested that she and I have a threesome with him. I got really pissed at her for suggesting something like that. No friend of mine would try to get me to cheat on my husband. After that, Marcel threw her out of the studio, and I've not spoken with her since. I was studying Jude's body language, trying to decide if I believed her. I did. I dropped the subject. I also knew that soon the news about Melissa hit the media out, and Jude would find out. She would figure out that I already knew and would be furious that I had not told her. I took a deep breath to prepare myself, then proceeded. Jude, Melissa is dead. That got her attention. What did you say? She asked in shock. Melissa is dead. I repeated. I swallowed hard and added. She was murdered. Oh my God! Jude exclaimed. When? How? I raised my hands. I can't get into the details. Honey doubt we think it might be related to the string of rapes I've been investigating, but we're not sure. Some things about it don't fit, and it looks like Melissa may have been meeting a lover. A lover? She repeated aghast. Then, it seemed as if the pieces of the puzzle fit together, and her brow furrowed. Wait! Is that why you were asking about her and Marcel? You think he may have had something to do with her murder? I could tell Jude was pissed. I'm just doing my job, Jude. I told her. I have to look into every possible situation. I know, she said, her voice softening, as she put her arms around me. I'm sorry I snapped at you. We hugged for several moments. 
I allowed myself to just hold my wife and not think about what she may or may not have done with her yoga instructor. I love you, I whispered, as I fought to keep from sobbing. I love you too, Jude whispered back. Chapter 14 I hadn't slept in thirty hours when I walked through the doors of the Happy Life Yoga Studio. Jude's car was in the parking lot, so I expected to run into her, but the studio was empty. I noticed a class schedule on the wall and checked. The next class was about in about forty-five minutes. The place was oddly quiet. In the back, next to the restrooms, I found a door with a sign that had the word private written on it. I assumed that it was Marcel's office. I knocked loudly on the door then tried to open it. It was locked. A couple of minutes passed then I heard someone unlock the door. It opened, and Marcel stepped out, immediately closing the door behind him. Bill! He exclaimed loudly as if he were surprised to see me. Either that, or he wanted to alert Jude to my presence. What are you doing here? Are you looking for Jude? No, I replied. I actually need to talk to you about something important. Do you have a few minutes? Uh, he hesitated. Sure. Can we go in your office? This is a delicate matter, and I need to speak to you in private. He looked over his shoulder at the office door for a few seconds. Uh, yeah, of course. Just one moment, please. I was just doing a private lesson. Can you give me a moment? I could feel my blood starting to boil. My wife was in his office, and he was trying to delay my entry. He opened the door a crack to step in without me, but I pushed my way past him. I don't have a lot of time, I explained as I barged in. Jude wasn't there. The office was empty, but I could smell my wife's favorite perfume still lingering in the air. Marcel sat down at his desk. There was a large sofa next to it and an open area on the floor with two yoga mats rolled out. I was pretty sure one of them was Jude's. How can I help you? He asked as he leaned back in his chair. Marcel didn't know I was a cop. Jude made a point to not tell her friends and associates. It wasn't that she was ashamed of my profession, but she didn't like the way it made people behave. They acted differently when they knew what I did for a living. I knew Martinez would be coming by to interview him, so I used the time to do a little digging. Well, do you remember our conversation at our party? How I had asked you to keep an eye out for anybody trying to seduce Jude? Yes, you asked me to spy on her for you. He said with the same smirk as the night of the party. I have nothing to report, really. I've not seen anyone flirting with her. I'm just worried more now. I said as I looked around his office. I spotted a security camera mounted on the wall. It was aimed at the sofa, not at the door or the desk, which struck me as odd. Especially after hearing about Melissa. I added, Yeah, that's horrible news, he replied, not revealing any emotional response. Jude told me this morning. How sad for her family. So you can understand why I'm even more concerned about my wife and her potential encounters with other men. Of course, he replied, nodding his head. Of course. I will keep my eyes on her for you. You have my word. Yeah. That's what I needed. It wasn't Slick's eyes I was worried about being on her. Just then the door opened, and Jude came in. She seemed slightly out of breath. Bill, she said with a smile. What are you doing here? Oh, I was in the area and saw your car. I thought I'd come by and see if you wanted to have lunch. Being an investigator, I needed to be able to lie quickly. Oh, um, she said, glancing at Marcel. I just had something to eat. Sorry. I stood up and prepared to leave. 
I felt bile rise up into my throat at the thought of what she may have just ingested. I had to swallow hard to keep from gagging, which only made me think more about whether or not she also gagged. Oh yeah, I said as I turned back to Marcel. Just one more thing. Jude and I talked about the trip to Costa Rica and the whole yoga instructor thing. I'm all for it. I support my wife. Like I told her, it wouldn't be appropriate for the two of you to share a suite, so if she still plans to go, I'll come with, and she and I will share the suite. That way, there's no possibility of any accidental shenanigans going on. He had started to smirk when I brought the topic up, but it never fully materialized. I, on the other hand, was in full smirk mode. I'll let you two get back to whatever it is you do in here. I kissed Jude possessively, then left. Only after did wonder if I had just inadvertently kissed her mouth with traces of his cum in it. As I drove by her car, I stopped, got out and put a GPS tracker under her rear bumper. Chapter 15 It was utterly dark with no moon and an overcast sky. That and the black clothes, gloves and ski mask helped to make me nearly invisible as I snuck through the woods behind the strip mall. I had my eyes locked on the security camera on the corner of the building as it slowly rotated back and forth. I waited until it was pointing in the opposite direction and bolted across the pavement to the back door of the Happy Life Yoga Studio. Fortunately, the corner of the building and a large garbage dumpster helped block me from the camera when it panned back my way. I quickly disabled the security system, then picked the lock. I opened the door and silently slipped inside. I was in a small curtained alcove in the back of Marcel's private office. Well, that's how Jude was able to get out when I visited earlier that day. She must have dodged out the back door and run around to the front. Nice move for someone trying to hide her behavior. I stayed close to the back wall of the office, then used a broom to knock the cheap security camera off its mount. It was a Bluetooth camera that streamed its display out to the clouds somewhere. I stomped on it until I was confident it would stream no more, then I sat down at Marcel's desk and inspected his computer. I was hoping that Slick was not very worried about physical security. I nudged the mouse, and the computer screen came to life showing a Windows desktop littered with folders. So much for physical security. I scanned the desktop folders and found one named. Cam Shots. Could he have made it any easier? I opened the folder and found it littered with subfolders, each named for a different woman. It seemed that Marcel was meticulous and well-organized. I took a USB thumb drive off my keychain and inserted it into an open slot on the front of his computer and dragged a copy of the folder onto it. As I scanned down the list, my heart stopped when I saw a folder named Jude. I opened it. It was filled with a mix of still photographs and video clips. I set the display to show extra-large thumbnails so that I could see a quick preview of all the files. Most of them were pictures of Jude in varying degrees of dress and undress, pictures of her in the ladies' room checking herself in front of the mirror pictures of her on the toilet. This motherfucker must have cameras in the dressing room and bathroom too. Son of a bitch. I saw a thumbnail picture of Jude sitting on the toilet and double-clicked it. It was a three-minute long video clip of her walking in, pulling her yoga pants and panties down, sitting, doing her business, wiping and pulling her pants up. He even recorded her washing her hands afterward. My blood was boiling. I didn't have time to go through all the videos so it would have to wait until I got home. My quick search did reveal a couple of photographs that confirmed my darkest suspicions. I exited the folder and did a quick search of his desktop and hard drive. I didn't find anything else of interest, so I reopened the Cam Shots folder and quickly scrolled down. I found what I was looking for under M. I opened the folder named 
Melissa. There were ten times as many files as in Jude's folder and a large number of videos. I scrolled down and down, then went back and sorted by recent date. The first file was dated two weeks before her death. I double-clicked it. A video began to play showing the empty office. Within seconds Marcel appeared, followed by Melissa. They stood in front of the sofa and started making out passionately. Within thirty seconds they were both stripping. I fast-forwarded near the end and saw Marcel's naked ass bouncing up and down with Melissa's feet wrapped around his hips. In all my years of detective work, this was the closest thing to a smoking gun that I'd ever found. The only problem was I couldn't use it, not without a warrant. I exited the video and closed the folders, being careful to leave things the way I had found them. I yanked the thumb drive out of the computer and started to reattach it to my keychain. I thought about it for a second and shoved it deep into my pocket instead. I didn't want to take any chance of losing it. I searched the rest of the desk and gave the office a once-over, but found nothing of interest. I'd been inside the office for about ten minutes and knew I needed to get my ass out of there. It would be obvious someone had broken in when Marcel came in and found the camera smashed. I made my way back out the door, locking it behind me, then knelt by the dumpster until the camera panned away before sprinting back to my car and driving home. On the way, I called Martinez. Bro, you better have a good fucking reason for calling me so late. He grumbled. You take care of that problem? Need to go to see Pancho? No, but I may have come into some evidence that can link myself to at least one victim, maybe more. I explained as I pulled into my driveway. What kind of evidence and how did you come by it? He asked. Well, let's just say we can't use it in court, but if we can get a warrant, I know where to look now. The fucker has hidden cameras in the women's locker room and bathroom. We can get him off the street with charges for that at least. We need to invent enough probable cause to get a judge to sign off on a search warrant. Did you find out anything? Yeah, good news on that. I went back and spoke to Angela Chambers. You were right. She was a student at Happy Life Yoga Studio for a few months. Get this. She said she had to quit because her old man caught her fucking your buddy, Slick. That's two victims connected to Marcel. I said. That's not enough for a warrant. We need more. Go back and talk to each of the victims. Find out if they ever had any contact with him or the yoga studio. Also, go out and interview Marcel about Melissa. Get a list of all their customers for the last year. Tell him it's to look for possible suspects or some shit. You got it. How are things with Jude? She took the news about Melissa pretty hard. They weren't on speaking terms, but they were best friends for years. It has to hurt. She fuck him yet? Martinez asked with a chuckle. You know you're an asshole. I said, ignoring his question that I didn't tell him about the pictures I found. Yeah, I know. He admitted. Chapter 16 You told me you never touched Melissa! Jude exclaimed as she turned on her yoga instructor. Where the hell did you get that? Marcel demanded as he pointed to the photograph of him fucking Melissa. His accent was gone. Remember the break-in at your studio? I asked, grinning broadly. You son of a bitch! He snapped. You fucking lied to me? Jude shrieked. All this time you were lying? I trusted you. She turned to me with tears running over her cheeks. I'm so sorry. I'm a fool. I flipped over several more photographs. It showed Marcel fucking Melissa on several occasions. It seems they were going at this for a long time. He likes to take pictures of all his encounters. I've seen them all, including the ones of you. Me? Jude shouted. We never did anything. 
Jude, this is really not about you right now, I told her. We'll deal with your indiscretion later. Do you know who this is? I asked, turning over another photograph of Marcel with a mystery woman. That's Angie, Jude announced. You fucked Angie, too. I turned over several more photographs. Oh my god, did you fuck every woman in the class? Am I the only one you haven't fucked? Yet, I added. Isn't that why you came here today? Jude couldn't answer. She looked like she was going to be sick. I flipped over the next picture. It was another photograph of Melissa. However, this one showed her beaten and bloody body from the crime scene. She was clearly dead. Jude screamed. Chapter 17 Martinez went back and re-interviewed each of the rape victims. It turns out three of them had been regular students at the Happy Life Yoga Studio, and two others had attended free beginner classes there. That was a total of six victims that we could definitively link to Marcel Bofels. It was enough to get the warrants we needed. We started planning how to execute the search warrants. In the meantime, one of our techs was able to start monitoring Marcel's calls and text messages. Over the next several days, I kept close tabs on Jude. The GPS tracker allowed me to know where she was at all times. I had to stay close to home to watch her, which meant I was neglecting my duties with the cases. Thankfully, Martinez was doing his best to cover for me. He would call me when he had questions or needed my direction, but mostly he was handling everything on his own. I was determined to keep Jude away from the studio and Marcel. She was in danger any time she was around the asshole. I had to make up a lot of excuses and did my best to be home whenever she was. This morning she made it clear that she was going to the yoga studio, whether I wanted her to or not. I couldn't come up with a legit reason for her not to, so instead, I decided to let her go and followed her. I pretended to leave for work, then parked down the street and watched our house through binoculars. It didn't take long for her to come out. I watched her load a sports bag and a large bottle of water into the trunk then get in and drive away. I let her get out of sight then trailed her, watching the GPS. She went directly to the strip mall and parked in front of the Happy Life Yoga Studio. As I waited for her to come out, my work phone buzzed. It was Martinez. I answered it abruptly, figuring he had some update on the case. We were expecting the DNA results from Melissa's rape kit and the crime scene. Yeah? I said into the handset, staring at the entrance of the yoga studio. Dude, you got a problem, said Martinez, sounding extremely agitated. Jimmy, the computer tech, he picked up a call from Marcel to your wife a little while ago. They're going to a hotel to fuck. You need to do something. Are you sure? I asked, feeling my blood pressure skyrocket and my pulse quicken. Yeah, no doubt about it. Jude's supposed to meet him at the studio, and then they'll head to the hotel together. You don't have much time. Thanks, I said, checking to make sure my gun was loaded. It was a nervous habit. Of course, it was loaded. I think I may need to meet your cousin later today. Yeah, I was afraid you'd say that, Martinez replied. You need to keep your shit in check, bro. The captain has been up my ass already about you. You know Jimmy is a good kid, but he's gonna have to write up the calls from Marcel to Jude. It's gonna come out that the wife of the lead investigator is fucking the primary suspect in a murder and multiple rapes. You know when that shit comes out, your ass is done. If you do anything stupid now, they'll know it was you. You gotta just get Jude out of the situation and steer clear. Don't fuck up. Fuck. The news that Captain Hayes was concerned about me was worrisome. Martinez was right, though. Jimmy had no choice but to report Slick's call to my wife and their planned lover's rendezvous. When Hayes found out, 
he would take me off the case, at a minimum. This definitely threw a monkey wrench into my plans. If I took matters into my own hands, they would know it was me. I couldn't see any way out. How sure are we that it's him? I asked, seeking the confirmation that I needed. You know as much as I do. Martinez shot back. He looks good on the rapes. We are pretty sure he did Melissa. Let's just say, I wouldn't want that motherfucker anywhere near my wife. Eddie, I said using his first name, which I never did. Whatever happens, you stay clean. You don't know shit about anything, you got me? Bro, what the fuck are you doing? He asked. I gotta go. I gotta do this. You've been a good partner. Bill, don't fucking. I hung up before he could finish his sentence. I turned the phone off. A few seconds later, my personal phone started ringing. It was Martinez. I turned it off, too. I didn't want to be interrupted, and if things went badly, I didn't want my phones pinging off any more cell towers than they already had. Just then the door to the studio opened. Jude and Marcel came out together and got in her car. Chapter 18 Jude saw the bloody photograph. It took a few seconds for it to register with her brain. Suddenly, her eyes grew big, and she covered her mouth and screamed. Marcel jumped up and tried to bolt, but I shoved him back into the booth, my gun pointed at his face. Give me a reason, you sack of shit! Give me a fucking reason to pull the trigger! I heard a woman cry out behind me. I turned to see the waitress staring at me, eyes fixed on my gun. I held up my badge. I'm a cop! I blurted out. The waitress slowly backed away, then ran into the kitchen. Shit. I wouldn't have much time now. She'd call 911 and cops would be swarming all over the place in about eight minutes. Bill! What are you doing? My wife cried out. He killed her! I declared. He fucked Melissa, and then he killed her! Marcel raised his hands. What? He gasped out, trying to get away from me. No way, man! I didn't kill her! I swear it! She was alive when I left! You left your DNA behind, slick. You're going to get a lethal injection for this. We just met for sex, man, I swear it. We met every week to fuck. Why would I kill her? She was a good fuck. You got the wrong guy. I grabbed him by his hair and jerked him to his feet, then slammed him face first into the tabletop. Marcel Bofels, you're under arrest. I yanked his arm behind his back and snapped handcuffs on the wrists, hard. Anything you say, never mind. He tried to get up, so I elbowed him as hard as I could in between his shoulders, then twisted his free arm behind him and clicked the cuffs around his loose wrist. Bill, what are you doing? My wife asked. She seemed lost. Confused. Terrified. Stay here and stay out of this. I told her. Marcel and I are going for a little ride out to the countryside. No, Bill. She cried. You can't do this. He's not worth it. We didn't do anything. I love you, Bill Dot. Don't throw away your life for this piece of shit. Stay here. I snapped at her. I pulled Slick to his feet and shoved him toward the door. He collapsed onto his knees. Please. I didn't kill her. He pleaded with me. Now I was certain I smelled piss as a large wet spot appeared in the front of his pants. I just love fucking married women. I didn't hurt her. I couldn't hurt anybody. Get up. I demanded as I dragged him by his cuffed hands. He stood, wobbly, and staggered forward as I shoved him through the door. I dragged him across the sidewalk, heading to my car, Marcel protesting his innocence. The door behind me opened again, 
and Jude exited, shouting for me. She was holding her cell phone. Bill! Stop! It's your partner, Martinez! I hesitated and looked back at my wife. She was extending her cell phone toward me. He said it's urgent. I stared at her, my anger flowing, my adrenaline pumping. I kept one hand on Marcel's handcuffs and reached out for the phone. Make it quick, I said. Fucking asshole, I've been calling you nonstop. I'm kind of busy, Martinez. I started to say, cutting him off. It's not him, Martinez shouted. What? The DNA. It was his DNA in the rape kit, but bro, he didn't kill her. There was someone else's DNA all over her body and all over the room. Whoever beat her to death wasn't Bofels. You're full of shit. I fired back. You just don't want me to kill this motherfucker. No. I swear, bro plus the DNA in the rape kit didn't match the samples we got at two of the other rapes, said there. It's not him, Bill. Bill! Jude screamed. I looked up. Everything seemed to move in slow motion. She was staring behind me. I spun as the first shot rang out. I felt the impact as Slick was hit and the force of the bullet jerked his body out of my grasp. The second shot hit Slick in the forehead, making a distinct hole between his eyes and blowing the back half of his head off. I spun more, my hand instinctively going for my gun. Another shot rang out. I saw the shooter. Dave. I raised my gun. Another shot. I fired. We traded shots. I put a cluster into Dave's chest. He fired off one last round as he fell back, dead. I turned back as I landed on my knees. Slick was dead, sprawled, face down on the sidewalk. It hurt to breathe. Bill! I heard Jude calling to me. You're hit! She ran to me and threw her arms around my body as I fell backward. I looked up into the blue Texas sky before it was blocked out by the face of the one woman I've ever loved. She was crying. No, Bill! She called out. Don't leave me! I stared at Jude's face and smiled as everything slowly faded to black. Epilogue I wanted to sleep. But a loud noise kept going off in my head, making it hard to stay in my dreamy state. It was a beep that resonated harshly between my ears. For a moment, I thought someone was calling my phone, nonstop. I opened my eyes. Jude was there. Turn that fucking beep off. I croaked out through parched lips. The sound that escaped didn't sound like words, more like scratchy groans. Bill! Jude gasped and clung more tightly to me. I felt her grip and looked down at her as she kissed my hand, her tears flowing freely. Oh, Bill, you're awake. I nodded slightly. Just then a bunch of people surrounded the bed and started poking and prodding me. I tried to push them away, but I couldn't find the strength to lift my arm. I closed my eyes momentarily, and when I opened them again, the room was dark. Everyone had gone, except for Jude. She was sitting next to the bed, her head lying on my arm. I stirred, and she woke up, looking at me apprehensively. I tried to speak, again, but realized there were tubes in my nose and mouth. I reached up with my left hand and tried to pull them out. No, Bill, stop! Jude exclaimed. You need to leave them in. I looked at my wife and remembered what she had done. I felt tears running down my cheeks. Jude had betrayed me with Slick. She was the last person I wanted to see. I jerked on the tubes and ripped them out of my face. Jude tried to stop me, but she was too late. When I got them out, I spoke, but my voice was weak, and she didn't understand me. I took a long, deep breath and repeated it. Get the fuck out of here, you slut! I said as the monitor alarms started sounding. Bill, I love you! I'm sorry! She cried. 
I shook my head violently as the duty nurse burst into the room. Cheating, whore! I managed to spit out before the nurse, and several other pounced on me, restraining my arms and forcing the tubes back in place. I passed out again. When I woke again, I saw my kids and Jude asleep, huddled together on a nearby sofa. I drifted back to sleep, and as I awoke, I heard someone having a conversation. I can't live if he dies believing I cheated on him, spoke a female voice. Didn't you? came a man's voice with a Texas drawl. No, I never did, the woman said, insisting on her innocence. I went to the hotel with Marcel with the intention of doing it, but I changed my mind and couldn't go through with it. Marcel was insistent and pushy and tried to get me to go with him anyway. He was really trying hard, and I was tempted. I'm so glad I didn't. I can't believe how I fell for his bullshit. Then, why did Bill think you did? Martinez asked. He saw some pictures or a video or something that Marcel had taken of us in his office. I don't know where the pictures came from, but Bill saw them and was convinced I was making out with Marcel. In one picture, he had his hand inside my yoga pants. So, then you were fucking him? No, she muttered. I don't know how Marcel got pictures like that. He must have had hidden cameras. But those pictures were all out of context. Martinez laughed. They seem pretty much in context to me, he replied. Marcel kissed me. I never kissed him. Every time he did, I pushed him away and told him to stop. But you don't see that in the pictures. You just see what looks like us kissing. But I swear on my kids' lives we never made out. Then why was he fingering you? Martinez asked. He wasn't, she said, denying what I had seen with my own eyes. After a private yoga lesson, we sat down on his sofa. He was giving me a foot massage. I was uncomfortable with it, but he insisted. Then he asked me if I wanted to learn an advanced yoga technique, called a yoni massage. I didn't know what it was. I said okay. He told me to relax and close my eyes. I did. Then suddenly, he shoved his hand inside the front of my yoga pants. As soon as I felt it, I yelled at him to stop and shoved him away. I was pissed, but he was able to calm me down and rationalize his behavior. I was embarrassed and decided to let it go. I never told Bill, because I was afraid he'd say I told you so. You know he's never going to believe you? Martinez said. Hell, I don't believe you, and I'm not your husband. But it's the truth. Jude declared. Yeah, well, sometimes a lie is easier to believe than the truth. He said. Are you suggesting I lie to Bill about it? She asked. Something like that, yeah. He replied. I can't do that to Bill. She said. I'd rather tell him the truth, even if it means he won't ever forgive me. I just pray he makes it through this. I'll spend the rest of my life doing anything he tells me, so long as he lets me stay with him. I remained in the hospital for three weeks, then moved to an inpatient rehab center for three months before I was finally allowed to go home. Jude stayed with me every day, even though I told her to leave, every day. I'm your wife, she declared. My place is here with you. I'm not going anywhere. I didn't like it, but I knew I needed her help that I grimaced, then just to hurt her, I snapped. Just so you know, the day I can take my first step on my own is the day I file for divorce. My words had the desired effect. I saw Jude suck in a deep breath and fight back her response. I could see tears in her eyes as she nodded. I understand. She said softly. Whatever it takes to get you back on your feet. I was determined to divorce her. In my mind, she made her choice. I refused to be second fiddle to anyone, especially that dishabag. 
I am no fucking cuckold. Unfortunately, I realized it may be a while before I could walk on my own. I was shot twice. Once in the chest and the second hit my spinal cord. I was partially paralyzed, and the doctor told me it was unlikely that I would ever walk again. What do doctors know, anyway? In the aftermath of the shooting, several things became clear. First, if I hadn't been badly shot, I would most likely have been fired. I had totally fucked up the investigation and let my personal issues completely cloud my judgment. If Dave hadn't intervened, I would have fucked up much worse than I already had. Instead, fate stepped in, and I was able to retire a hero. Second, it turned out that Marcel Bofels never raped anybody. He didn't need to. He had more pussy than a feral tomcat. He had been telling me the truth about his relationship with Melissa, too. He had been meeting with her for sex once every week for months. Dave found out about their weekly trysts and confronted Melissa. She was in love with Slick and wanted to leave Dave to be with the asshat. Slick didn't like it, and that's why he told Melissa to stay away. However, dumping her hadn't stopped their weekly fuckfests. Apparently, Dave followed her to the motel and waited for Marcel to leave, then knocked on the door. She must have assumed it was Marcel coming back for something. Dave barged in the room and killed her in a fit of rage. Killed his wife wasn't enough. Dave wanted to kill Slick. I guess he followed Jude and Marcel from the yoga studio to the hotel. If I had not been so preoccupied, I probably would have spotted him. Dave waited outside, watching. When I brought Marcel out in handcuffs, I wasn't really taking him into custody. I had other plans for the bastard, but Dave beat me to it. Lastly, Martinez used the genealogy website to track down the DNA of the actual rapist. It turned out that he was just a guy with a perversion. It will cost him the rest of his life behind bars. About two weeks after I got home, Martinez dropped by to check on me. Things were not easy. Jude was doing everything she could take care of me. I was refusing to go to rehab or to work on any of the physical therapy. As a result, I wasn't improving. I didn't care if I got better or ever walked again. Thinking about Jude and that asshole disgusted me. It made me sick to picture what she had done with him and even worse, what she was planning to do the day he was killed and the day I became a useless cripple. What kind of life would I have anyway? Nobody gave a shit if I lived or died. It would have saved them all a lot of trouble if Dave had killed me along with Slick Dot. I also thought about the conversation Jude and Martinez had that night in the hospital. He was right. I didn't believe her. Oddly enough, Jude never brought up Marcel, and neither did I. The whole situation was like the elephant in the room, but neither of us wanted to upset the elephant for fear of being trampled. Leave it to Eduardo to be the mouse to my elephant. You know, she swears she didn't cheat on you. He told me when Jude left the room to get us some iced tea. Yeah, I know, I said. I heard the two of you discussing it when you thought I was passed out. You've heard the whole conversation? I think so. And you don't believe her? No, I don't. And you're never going to forgive her, are you? No. Okay, then, you need to watch this. Martinez pulled out his phone and played a video. I recognized it immediately from Slick's collection. In it, Jude was talking to Marcel in his office about the trip to Costa Rica. Suddenly, he grabbed her and kissed her, just like I'd seen in the still photograph. But Jude slapped him and told him never to do that again. It was just like she had said. He played another clip. It was a bit longer. It was the scene where Marcel had put his hand in her yoga pants and seemed to be fingering her. She had told the truth. It happened exactly the way she said. Son of a bitch. It was a good thing Slick was already dead. Otherwise, I would have killed him. 
I sat in silence, crying until the muscles in my belly cramped. The next day, I asked Jude to take me to rehab. It was hard. I struggled to retrain my nerves, my muscles. But now, I wanted to get better. I was determined to do my best. Two years later, Jude was holding my hands as I struggled to my feet. She stood in front of me smiling and stepped back. I grimaced and strained as my right foot lifted from the floor, extended forward and then lowered back down. I shifted my weight onto it and managed to raise my left foot, moved it and dropped it. That's it, baby, Jude said, encouraging me. You can do it. She let go of my hands and stepped back again. I nodded and tried even harder. For the first time since the shooting, I walked slowly. Two steps. Right foot. Left foot. I stopped, grinning at my wife. Until that moment, I doubted I could ever walk again. But now I knew I could do it. It was just a matter of time, hard work and a lot of pain for me to overcome this challenge. At that moment, I had forgotten Slick, the pain and suffering he had caused. I had forgotten Jude's near brush with infidelity. I had forgotten that the day I was shot, I had intended to drive Marcel Bofels out to the country, put two bullets in his head and take my own life. Jude and I locked eyes with each other. We were both crying. So, she began, as she wiped away a tear, you took your first step without any help. I'm proud of you. Now I guess you'll want the divorce. I had also forgotten my earlier declaration. I shook my head slowly back and forth. No, I said, as tears ran down my cheeks. But isn't that why you've been working so hard to walk on your own? She asked. No, I repeated. I've been working so hard to walk on my own so that we can walk down the aisle again, together. If you'll have me. I reached out for her hands, and she stepped closer, holding on to me. I slowly knelt down, legs trembling, and held her hands. Jude, I believe you. I want to spend the rest of my life showing you how much I love you. Will you marry me again? Yes. She screamed then pounced on me, knocking me onto my back and showering me with kisses. I pulled her into my arms and kissed her, hard, lovingly, passionately. She seemed to melt into me as my tongue parted her lips and slipped between them. I took her hand and moved it down, placing it on my fully erect cock. When did that start happening? She asked, excitedly, gripping my cock through my sweatpants. A couple of months ago, I said, grinning broadly. A couple months and you made me wait. What a jerk. She teased me. Suddenly she pulled her shirt up and over her head, exposed her beautiful breasts to me, and pressed them to my face. I was still a long way from fully functional, so I let her do the heavy lifting. She pushed me flat on my back, yanked my sweatpants down, and straddled me, impaling herself on my rigid cock. She let out a deep, shuddering moan and started driving her pussy down hard and fast, fucking me wildly. One positive effect of my getting shot was that it took me a long time to come Jude rode me to three orgasms before I finally felt my own rise up and erupt out of me. I screamed as I came, shooting my seed into her womb for the first time in years. We collapsed and clung to each other tightly basking in the warmth of our post bliss. We started our lives again. Jude actually was able to put all of her yoga training to good use, and I became a willing student. If she could teach a half-broken cripple like me, she could do wonders with other people. I in fact, she was such a good teacher that we decided to take some of the money that I received from the city after the shooting to open the Happy Wife Yoga Studio. But first, we would need to go to Costa Rica and get her certified. Jude would become a yogi, and I would learn to give Yoni massages. The End 
This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. Visit the other channels for more stories with a different focus. Support us on Patreon to make requests for subjects you would love to hear. Thank you to those who have already reached out.